this episode, I interview my good friend, Kashi Segel. She's one of the most amazing people I know inside and out, and we spend time talking about living a purposeful life. I get into her journey so far, and we also talk about the book that was just published about her father called Close the Loop. I highly recommend you buy a copy. It's full of amazing stories and brilliant life lessons. All right, let's get into it. All right. I am so excited to have my good friend Kashi here. Kashi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Jeff? Terrific. All right. Let's start off with this. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Uh, that's that's an interesting question. So my name is for, for you. Yes. For you, it is a very interesting question. <laughs> yeah. So um, my name is Kashi Segel, and I am co-founder and CEO of Gigabark. It's a mobile messaging platform that makes clients' lives easier. Um, I also am a community builder and I've got um, a few nonprofits in the education space and uh, the technology space. So yeah, just uh, see problems and see what there I can do go. to help. There you go. Yeah. One of the things that's always amazed me about you is your capacity to be involved in things, but in an impactful way. Um, you take on things, you create things, but you you do it um, with integrity and you try to do, you know, put your all into it. Um, the reason I wanted to chat with you today was because I read the book about your father. Yeah. Um, can I call him RK? I feel like I need yeah, to call him absolutely. Like ambassador or something. He's so, <laughs> so amazing. He's almost, not quite, almost. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, but we'll get to talking about the book and your father. What I found interesting, um, in related because I there's stories about you and I've known you for some time and so I was learning about I know as I said I think I know more about you now than you'll ever know about me <laughs> um, but you have a entrepreneurial um, spirit mm -hmm. and what's interesting is your father definitely does um, he is incredibly entrepreneurial but I don't know that he ever started a company right he just lived his life like an entrepreneur is that accurate um, he has helped start companies. Okay. So kind of been like the co-founder, um, later in life, but, um, I mean, definitely founded lots of big initiatives, much like, um, tour to Georgia. Yeah. He right. Started this huge bike race. I mean, the ultimate entrepreneur, he saw tour de France on the TV. We were all watching it as a family cause we're nerds like that. And, um, he was like, why can't we do this for the state? And he was running economic development for the state at the time was like, let's do this. And everybody yeah. thought it was crazy, but he pulled it off. And it yeah. became one of the most highly ranked events in the world for cycling. So, And I, I hear it might be coming back. That's what the book said. Fingers anyway. crossed. <laughs> I, I hear so. rumors. Yes. But yeah, like um, I, I, that must have rubbed off on you um, as a kid because now it's like, you're just, you're just starting new things and involved in things, um, again, more so than maybe anybody I know. That did, how much of your father's impact and being around him and seeing what he does and how he lives his life? Oh. Impact? I, I have to include my mom in this because they are both um, very like-spirited and my brother and I have learned so much from them. But since the book is about dad, I'll focus on those <laughs> stories. Um, yeah, you know, growing up, he would pick us up from school on the days that he could. And we would, you know, if mom was teaching or something, then we would just be on the floor in his office. We'd go back to work with him, be on the floor in his office. And 
would be coloring or doing our homework or whatever while he was having meetings. You know, we were just absorbing the way he related to people. I think that's the most important thing. It's that fearlessness that he had and the way he interacts with people. It's not just lack of fear, but it's like filled with empathy and kindness and respect and what can I do for others? So I think that stuff just rubs off. It's role model, right? Yeah. His, and I think if I'm getting this right, his father was pushing him to be an engineer. Is that right? Yeah. You know, being a good Indian family, you become an engineer, a doctor, eh, maybe a lawyer, but you know, one of the big, like the main professions, right? And that is stable and has an income. And I was a consultant one once upon a time. Um, yeah, so they were pushing for a stable income yeah, and job. Right. Right. And, and the reason I bring that up is because um, did you get pressure? Because um, it seemed like your, your dad very much in the book wanted to, you know, chart his own course. I mean, and he ends up running a large engineering firm. So, yeah. but like, was that pressure from you from the family ever? Like, you know, get a, get a corporate job or, or are they just thrilled watching you create things? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Yes. I mean, I definitely had, had and have, um, that pressure, but, you know, I think over time they have seen what really drives me and what my passions really are. And, um, being the amazing parents that my parents are tend to focus on, what really makes me happy. And if, you know, starting something and being miserable because I'm doing it to myself again, but inspired um, is what I want to do, then they're okay with it. You know, as long as they know that I'm doing well and can put food on the table and all that, and we're sort of past that point in my life. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and knowing you and I know that they're supportive, but also maybe, you know, asking the right questions yeah. at the right times. I, you know, when I, I left Accenture um, to start my first company, I had started a nonprofit before that. And it was a really, it was probably one of the largest decisions I had made up until that point in my life. And I had to tell my parents, I started the company without telling them, mm-hmm. even though they're, amazing and supportive. I didn't want to be told no. So I just didn't tell them, you know, and I created a business plan for my life and was like, look, here's a business plan for the company. Here's a plan for my life. If financials don't match up, then I'll go back and get a real job, real right. job. Um, and I, that was my real first sales experience in terms of the biggest sale I could possibly have made at the time. And they said, okay, so the, the sale to your to your parents, that, yeah, that, yeah. that was the sell. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's yeah. huge. What, um, what was that first nonprofit? Uh, it's called Music for Tomorrow. And actually my brother um, started it with a friend and the three of us really were trying to help musicians affected by Katrina. Uh, mm-hmm. We were all scattered. I was in Atlanta, Kabir was in um, London and, I, and uh, Brent was in Indianapolis, I think. And so we wanted to figure out what we could do to help. Um, so we could raise money from afar and give it to the people that really needed it on the ground. So that's what we did. That, um, that kind of empathy, um, actually, I'm guessing also a lot came from your parents. Oh, for sure. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Uh, we see it modeled every day, even mm -hmm. now. So um, it's always what you, what can you do for somebody else? Yeah. And yeah. genuinely do not just do for your own benefit. Well, and you know, you, your, your dad came from, um, you know, the classic, story um, where he came over and had almost nothing and built mm -hmm. his life and worked hard. And one of the things that I saw in you in his story was, um, you know, I think there's a quote that he, he would treat the CEO of Publix the same way he would treat the, you know, the person working the cash register. Um, and I've had a chance to meet your father. Um, and, you know, I, I think of you the same way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think you say, oh, well, who's, and, and you know, I want to talk about your commencement talks. Um, you know, some oh, yeah. incredible people um, and have this amazing network. But I also know that you would, you know, spend time with anyone and take care of anyone. So um, I think that's a really, really special thing. The, the crowd you. that your father put himself in um, throughout his career, I mean, it's astounding. I, I think the, um, I don't know if it says it in the book or in one of the write-ups about him being the Indian Forrest Gump. But he's it, it like, it definitely says that in the book. My brother put that very well. <laughs> okay. very true. It's unbelievable. I mean, he knows so many people, but yet it, there are stories in the book where he was super kind and generous to just, you know, a normal person, if you want to call it that. So I see that in you. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special thing. So what else are you up to today? Like um, you've got multiple businesses and you've always got new ideas. There are like three projects going on that are like, I'm really excited about. You mentioned the Supernova commencement. So right. this is a series that I started kind of in a couple months into the pandemic, maybe a couple of weeks into this pandemic that we're going through. Um, it's for students, career advice. We call it Supernova commencements because they didn't get a commencement speaker this year, the graduates, right? So. You know, just trying to give students an opportunity to ask questions of leaders across industry. I'm really excited that you get to be one of those people that uh, students get to ask questions of. So, yeah, it's just an opportunity for students. That's and really exposure. I, yeah, I don't belong in that company. I appreciate you, for sure you having do. me. I can't wait. But like Uncle Andy was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> who did you tell everybody who Uncle Andy is? Ambassador Young. Yeah, that was a pretty great. Um, uh great interview and discussion. And it happened um, just as the racial tensions were escalating with the riots. And it was within a, about a week of the riots really starting. And so it was a very timely. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. And you've had others amazing. So um, it, it's that it, one of the things, again, I, I'll just say that I really respect and admire about you is not just that you have ideas and not just that you start things, there's a decent amount of people who do both of those things, but then do them well and put the time in. Um, and I think that's a, for, for entrepreneurs like us, it can be hard sometimes to, um, to follow something all the way through. And, yeah. and so seeing things like this that, that, that are done really well, um, watching you grow Gigabar, just even taking Supernova to where now it's, you know, doing different things, including these commencement. I just think that's really, really Thanks. unique. So, Thanks. yeah. Um, Okay. Trying to be more like you, Jeff. <laughs> we are trying to be like each other. Let's, <laughs> let's say that. Um, the book, um, it was just so fun reading it. I, I, I'll, um, I'll be sharing it out to everybody that they should check it out. Um, it's for leaders, entrepreneurs, 
people who want to be better human beings. Um, I think your, you know, your brother um, with your dad, probably with all of you wrote it, but really well-written, uh, moves quickly, great stories. Um, it's called Close the Loop. And, and let me see if I get this right. Um, that's a philosophy of your father's where if, um, if he says he's going to do something or if he asks somebody to do something, he makes sure to close that loop. Um, if he's asked to in, do something- In every to, possible way you can yeah, close were, the loop. Yeah. yeah and there were, there's like family, like give me an example of what that, what that means. Uh, a very simple example. He asked me to mail something for him and, um, it, you know, leaving their house, passing by the post office would have taken 10 minutes. Um, and I didn't call within 15 and he called me and said, did you, did you mail it? <laughs> yes, dad. I was just about to call you. <laughs> Wasn't you didn't fast enough on the phone. Huh? <laughs> I said, you didn't close the loop. So he had, to. I didn't close the loop fast enough. That's so, so uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's something as simple as that or something as, um, you know, the, uh, example in the book is, helping somebody get a reservation at a restaurant. I mean, my dad loves to help people, right? So if somebody asks him to do something, he will go out of his way and he'll over-communicate at every stage, um, yeah. just so that you're fully aware of where things stand. You never have to question, has he made yeah. the call? Has he asked? Do I have the reservation? What do I need to do? You are fully briefed all the time. One of the aspects of that lesson, that sort of life mantra that I really liked was that when you force yourself to always close the loop, you always have to complete the task. Yes, you know, yes. I'm sure there's a part Love of him. Accountability. Like right, yeah. exactly. I have to let so-and-so know I did it, so then I have to do it. It's just like, again, reading through his story and his unbelievable success, it, a lot of what I saw kept coming back to execution. He would do the thing. He would, he would you know, sort of put a goal out there and go after it with everything. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think closing the loop helps 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 do that um, you're driving to a point right you know that you have to answer to somebody and tell them yes it was completed or this is what happened and so yeah you, you have an end point to your action right. yeah yeah I, I thought that was great um it the book it, there's a quote from one of my heroes robert kennedy um in the book um and i'm going to read it here you start I think your book with one of those too from robert yeah, kennedy i know that's right yeah but both of them um this quote in the book was our attitude towards immigration reflects our faith in the american ideal we have always believed it possible for men and women who start at the bottom to rise as far as the talent and energy allow neither race nor place of birth should affect their chances um what a powerful quote in context of your father's story, but what a powerful quote in context of today and what we're living through. So much of what we're living today. Right. From uh, the dreamers to um, black lives uh, to gay rights. It's, it's about all of it. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and, and again, it just speaks to um, the, the person, just the way that your father lived his life. So I thought that quote was really, really nailed by the way. Um, it's funny. I told you this when I was reading the book, I would send you notes over the weekend as, as I would weekends when it was, when I was getting to your father's book. And so I'd be texting you, but, um, uh, at some point, I shared all those with my dad, like uh, <laughs> oh, Jeff, Jeff uh, shared this comment with me, or he thinks this is interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. funny. Well, I should have shared more then. Um, he, uh, or, or I had the physical book. And then at one point over the last month, 
my kids cleaned up and moved it somewhere and I still haven't found it. So then I downloaded it on Kindle, which was great because then I started highlighting things. And so I just, I don't know if you've ever done this, but on, on the, um, I guess on the Amazon site, you can go and see all the notes you highlighted oh, and cool. go back and review them. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm doing that now anyways. Okay. Um, yeah, small note. So another, uh, another thing I really liked was um, a quote in the book. My father kept to his personal mantra of don't get angry, get busy. Uh, tell me, tell me about that. What do you think that that means? Uh, I think it also relates back to don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, we have learned, my brother and I have learned over the course of our lives that when dad hears a no, he gets creative. No is just the start of, uh, action really you know up until that point you kind of like do the things you're supposed to do and then he gets real creative and figures out how to turn that no into a yes or you know turn that relationship somebody who may not like you or may seem like an enemy or a frenemy or whatever you want to call it turns them into an ally and a supporter and he's been able to do that time and time again in his life so um, it's about being smart, using the energy that you're receiving from the situation it might be negative, but you can turn it into a positive force. Yeah. And um, both he and my mom do that so well. And so I think that's what that means. Yeah, there's a story and I think I highlighted it. Let me see. Um, yeah, Nelson Mandela. I mean, the, the people that he's been able to meet and talk to. <laughs> but he's, crazy. Yeah. The, the, I'll read this. Um, he's, he's talking to Mandela. Um, how did you work with people in your cabinet, the same people who kept you in jail for 27 years? And Mandela says, I made it easy for myself. I forgave them. Yeah. And then the book says, it's a lesson that uh, my father always recalls in difficult situations when working with others. Um, and so his ability to, to learn from, from all these other people and put that into practice. Um, but I saw that again throughout the book, which I, which I think of as, again, entrepreneurial, um, that he didn't didn't see a wall and say, okay, I've got to turn around. He said, all right, how am I going to get over that wall? And when I, when I wrote my first book, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's more like a hurdle. Um, when I wrote my first book, it was written literally because that particular trait I think of as being entrepreneurial. And most people who are at a corporation have difficulty um, living into that because yeah. it's easy just to say, well, no, I can't, I can't do that because you're still going to keep your job. But when you're an entrepreneur, your, your business might fail. And that, that's sort of how I felt like your dad looked at everything in his life. Like, I've got to make this work. There's no plan no B. Choice. Yeah, yeah, right. He had no safety net. He was the safety net for the family back home. You know, he was sending money home as early as when he moved to England to try to get himself to America. So, you know, he was the safety net. He didn't have one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that was, that was, that was awesome. Um, okay, Necessity so, breeds innovation and ability to figure it out. Isn't that what you say in your recent book, Jeff? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's exactly right. Um, okay. Another thing, this is funny because um, one of my first experiences uh, being around your father um, is that was at the, uh, the Carter Center um, board advisory board meetings. Um, and he, he is always the first person to ask a question at the end. Um, and most times, at least until recently, President Carter was the one answering the questions. And right. he would even start by saying, okay, who has any questions? And then he would immediately look to your dad because he knew <laughs> that. And, um, and, and that's, a, that's actually a lesson in the book, which is like, if you're 
in a talk or in an event or something, being the first person to ask the question does several things. Um, it, it allows for um, you to connect with the speaker. It allows for people afterwards to come up to you and maybe introduce themselves because they liked your question, but it also helps create this culture and that moment of people are going to ask questions and mm -hmm. there's going to be more energy. And so I just, again, love that as something I hadn't heard that as, you know, you've heard like sit at the front of the class and stuff, but I hadn't heard ask the first question. But that's a way, my dad is the ultimate relationship builder, not for any other reason, but then he just loves people. And so that is a way to enable a relationship between you and the speaker, between um, the crowd and the speaker, and it kind of eases the tension. You're flowing into a new part of that discussion, the Q&A period, and oh my God, who's gonna ask the first question? If you just take that like anxiety that the room feels off the table, you've done the entire room a service. Absolutely, and, and I, can, I can, again, just, just knowing him through this book, I can tell that's something that he would think of. He'd say, oh, this is gonna help everybody right now. I'm gonna go ahead and be the first person. And the other thing is, it forces you, if you know that you're gonna ask the first question or have your hand shoot up, it forces you to listen mm -hmm. and pay mm -hmm. attention. You're not just sitting in front of that speaker because you have to be there. If you feel like you have to be there and you wanna be doing something else, go do the other thing. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna be there, be present and be engaged. Don't be on your phone the entire time answering email, you know? That's right. Um, so, you know, it forces you to have to come up with something relevant to ask or comment on or something. Yep. I loved it. I loved it. Um, let me ask you this. Is there a story that um, you wished was in the book that wasn't? There's so many. Uh, there's one that I talk about a lot that I'll mention again, just because it's just, it exemplifies so much of who my dad is. Um, I was young, probably eight or so. And we were, um, he was CEO of this large engineering consulting company um, based in Atlanta. And we were in his car outside the office one day, just like out parked outside um, the front door. And um, he saw one of the pickup trucks from one of the workers pull up. Um, this was like really early in the morning. So I have no idea what we were doing. But um, he gets out of the car, asks me to hang out a second, walks over to the pickup truck. And I see him pull out his wallet and give him something and then come back to the car. And I was like, Dad, what did you just do? And he said, I just gave him a $100 bill. I was like, okay, can I have a $100 bill? <laughs> uh, but, you know, why? And he said, because he was early for work and I wanted to thank him for being responsible and being a good example to his fellow employees. And he was a manager, I think. Now, he didn't have to do that. You know, that was so out of the box, but a way to make somebody feel good in a moment without hesitation, not thinking that the next day there would be a line of cars lined up early, thinking that maybe they would get, an, get a reward. But, you know, he did it just for the moment out of the kindness of his heart you know, there are people who would think twice about parting with a dollar. Yeah. But he, you know, pulled out the biggest bill he had in his wallet and said, here, thank you so much for what you're doing for our company. Mm -hmm. And so it was, um, 
also being grateful and just taking the time to recognize uh, what others are doing to help the company get to where it needs to be. And everybody plays a part. And so there were so many lessons wrapped up in that moment yeah. uh, that I continue to think about. So And how old do you think you were then? I think I was eight. I mean, what a, what a lesson, what a, what an impact as you sat there and just saw this happen. Um, I'm sure he very specifically, you know, had you there or did that as well so that he could make an impact on you. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why. And obviously it didn't rub off in its entirety then, but I continue to think about that moment and, you know, you continue to learn and reflect and especially as we were trying to and uh, do interviews for the book so that, you know, could, they could get it written. Um, a lot of this has come back in recent like months because uh, we're, we've relived it all, you know? So it's been great. How has, um, how has he liked the book, the reception to the book? Uh, how, how has he done? He's loved it. Uh, you know, we have been telling him for a long time that he needs to document some of these stories because you've read the book. He has stories unlike anybody else. One after another. I mean, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and we could have written three more books, you know, maybe there'll be a part two. Um, we've actually joked about that, but you know, he's just, I think, um, you know, my brother did a really amazing job pulling the stories together and making it not only easy to read, but something that you can learn from. It's not just a biography, right? Um, and I think my dad really appreciated it. I think, uh, you know, your son writing something for you about you in such an amazing way. I mean, that has to feel amazing in words you can't explain. Right. So, yeah, exactly. I had a little bit of feeling of that, um, reading it, um, thinking what a special thing that would be for your child to, to think of you in such a way that they want, or your children to think of you in such a way that they would write a book about you. I think that's, that's yeah. pretty special. Yeah. Um, do you have a personal purpose statement? Do you have a, you have, have you done that kind of work to identify for yourself? I have, um, probably not as, um, detailed a way as you have, cause I know that is a big part of what drives you. But um, I think overall, my personal purpose is um, to have a positive impact um, on, an, on a community or a situation um, that I can help. So, you know, whether it's Gigabark and, you know, sending text messages, it, it's not just about sending text messages really what we're trying to do with the company is make our clients' lives easier and better. And how can we help them send more authentic, um, empathetically driven messaging? Um, it's not necessarily always about the content, but it's about timing, it's about cadence, it's about so many other things. Um, so there are ways you can infuse that into anything you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the perspective that you have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the way you articulated your purpose I, matches with what I would have, what I would have thought. Um, nice. You definitely have a find, find a way of getting involved in positive experiences and positive things in the community. Um, and I would say that um, something that I learned from not only my parents, but also 
um, Ambassador Young, something that he says a lot is it's not about ego. If you want to get something really done, really accomplished, it's not about ego. Let the ego go. Don't worry about the credit. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's about getting done what you're set out, setting out to do. Mm. And we heard that so much growing up that I think we've really internalized it. So I don't do as good of a job at talking about me and what I am doing as much as I'm talking about the projects and the work that's being done and, you know, the results that we're getting. So um, I think that's what really pushes me. Well, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do this. Um, whether I had read the book or not, I would have ha I would have wanted to have this conversation because I've told you that I think that you know you, you definitely need to be sharing more about what you're up to and what you're achieving. Um, so um, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to do that. Thanks for the if you were to direct <laughs> if you were to direct people to something to find out more about you or get involved in something you're involved in, what would you what would you say? Well, I have a new website in order to do just this, share what I'm doing. So it's my name, kashisegal.com, K-A-S-H-I-S-E-H-G-A-L. Um, and you can find everything I'm up to there. Um, I'm, I've started a blog, um, the video series is up there. So it's kind of ground central. Awesome. Well, we'll put the link to that in the show notes sure. and, uh, and point people to it. So, well, thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't really know people did that anymore. Since you're still here, I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get updated when I post my next podcast. And you can always check out everything I'm up to at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. Thanks for listening.